Father, when you said nothing shall be impossible, that's exactly what you meant. Father, if we believe, there's nothing that can stand before us. If we believe you, you will always make a way, Father, in every circumstance, in every situation. Father, we believe it because you told us that it's so. So, Father, we thank you. There is always a path to victory. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is it true that nothing shall be impossible to them who believes? Amen. Well, that's what the Word says, so it has to be true, right? Amen. Um, and so, and you know, we're thankful for that uh, because... Um, the Lord never said that uh, we would never have things to deal with on this earth, right? He never said that you'll float through life, no problems, no issues, nothing. The enemy won't ever bother you. You know, he won't ever try to put anything on you. He won't try to get people riled up against you. There's no promise in the Word of God that, that says those things, amen? Uh, but the Bible does say that, that nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. And many other scriptures, you know, that uh, many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord does what? Delivers them out of how many? Well, is that a true statement, that he will deliver uh, us out of all of them? Well, if that's a true statement, then um, in the midst of the uh, trials and tribulations that we're dealing with, uh, then there should be hope that uh, I'm here in the midst of this trial or tribulation. I'm here in the midst of this affliction, whatever that affliction is. But the Lord will deliver me. And really, he has delivered you because the work of the Lord Jesus is already completed. Uh, and so all you have to do is just bide your time and stay with your faith. Amen. Stay the course of faith. Stay, stay with the word and all will be well. Amen. And uh, how many times have we given it up just before uh, the answer arrives? I guess God decided not to uh, deliver me this time. Uh, and yet, you know, the answer was on the way. And then sometimes we short-circuit our own answers by our, our confessions. Amen? Well, God decided not to heal me, or God decided not to deliver me, or God decided not to provide for me. And so we'll go do it on our own. Amen? Well, how's that working out for you? And so, <laughs> so praise God. You know, the Lord is good. Amen? Um, and so um, let's open our, our Bibles for the book of Luke chapter 13. We'll get started there today. So uh, we are um, in this particular chapter of uh, Dr. Yeoman's book, and the chapter title is, Will God Heal Me? And, um, you know, that's not even a hard question for me. For some people, it is a hard question. They don't know the answer to the question. They are, they are concerned that the answer may not be yes, that God will heal them. Uh, and a lot of it is because we're not taught well enough in the Word of God to understand what the Word says. Uh, and uh, if we were taught better, we would know that the answer to the question, will God heal me, is always a resounding yes. It's never a maybe, not I'm thinking about it, not I'd rather have you uh, be there in, uh, in that sickness and disease. Uh, in fact, we were watching, uh, that, it's, I think it's called The Chosen, right? That show The Chosen, you know, which is the story of Jesus. And pretty good show, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, they don't quote scripture word for word, but, um, uh, and you know, you have to kind of fill in the blank sometimes because, you know, you don't get all the details that you would see in a show. Um, and it, but overall, it's a pretty good show, except for there was one scene where one, one of the disciples was sick. Had, I think he had, was it like a bad leg or foot or something like that? He's on a crutch. 
And he goes to Jesus, you know, hey, I was kind of hoping you'd heal me. And, and basically Jesus, well, you know, sometimes it's better for you to be sick. Well, you know, he's made that up, right? I mean, you know, you can take a lot of the stories and kind of fill in a blank about, you know, like when he fed the 5,000, well, how'd they actually do that? Well, I don't know, but you can fill in the blanks, kind of figure it out, you know, and get pretty close. You know, well, they just made that story up. You know, there's no story like that. You know, no, no disciple ever went to Jesus and said, hey, why aren't you healing me? And Jesus said, well, you know, I, just, I think it'd be better if you just remain sick. Um, in fact, every circumstance where anybody ever went to Jesus with any illness, how did they leave? They left healed. Every single one, there's no exceptions. Amen? And if every single one without exception went to Jesus and left healed, then what should we expect when we go to Jesus uh, with any sickness? Then we should leave healed. Amen? Uh, there, there shouldn't be any controversy about that at all. And yet in the church, there is a lot of controversy about that. That healing is not for us today, and you know these things were done away with, and um, you know, if they were done away with, then it would have been better for us to live back then. If we have to live in sickness today, but they could live in healing back then, it would have been better for us before Jesus went to the cross. Physically anyway, right? Because before he went to the cross, everybody got healed. After the cross, everybody doesn't get healed. Well, then it was better before the cross, which just doesn't even sound... I mean, just making that statement <clears throat> sounds like crazy talk, doesn't it? Uh, that we, were, we would have been better off before the cross, at least in some way. Uh, uh, but that's what a lot of people say, that this thing came to an end, right? Uh, after some point of time after the cross, amen, shortly after the cross. So then it would have been better to have been alive before that point in time, amen? Uh, which is, of course, not true at all, amen? Uh, the Bible says in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 8 that we have better promises, uh, a better covenant based upon better promises. And better means better. If they had a promise that I am the Lord that healeth thee, well, well, what's better? Well, it's better that, that uh, the healing was paid for, amen? Uh, you know, back in the old covenant, they kind of had to earn their healing by being good and doing everything exactly right. But now it's already been paid for. All we have to do is receive it, amen? We don't have to do anything to earn it at all. Uh, and so it seems to me like that's a better covenant, amen? Um, I don't know how it'd be a better covenant if the Lord would heal them in the Old Testament, but he won't heal us in, in the New Testament. Yeah, and, and that's better. Well, how in what world is that better? Well, you know, you know, a junky uh, car that blows up all the time is a better car than a brand new car, you know, that, that never breaks down. Well, uh, what, what, what do you mean? I mean, that didn't make any sense. Uh, but you know, that, well, that's what better means. Better means it's worse. What? Uh, but you know, then of course you know your eyes cross. It don't work that way, right? And then they'll say something. I had one fella say to me, well, you know, better means any, you know, better doesn't mean that, you know. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, I mean, I just assume, you know, some things you just read is like, well, that kind of obvious. I don't need to study that. It just, if it says it's a better covenant, it's a better covenant. So I did, I did, since he made a statement like that, I did go and look up what the word better meant. And you know what the word better means? Better. It means better. I mean, you know, do we all know what better means? You got A and B, and B is better, so which one would you want? You would want B, right? If B is better, the, uh, I mean, but a lot of Christians are like, okay, you got A and B, and B is better, so which one do you want? I'll take A. Well, why would you take A? Well, because A is better. Yeah, but I, didn't I say B was better? Yes, you said B was better, so therefore I'm going to pick A. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense, right? But that's what people say. They say things like that, and and of course, doubt and unbelief 
uh, rarely can withstand any scrutiny. If you ever just, you know, I just ask simple questions. I don't, you know, I don't try to make, make these big, long dissertations about, you know, Greek and Hebrew. And, and I mean, it's fine if you need to do that. But, you know, if you just went up to somebody and said, uh, in your opinion, what would the word better mean? You know, just outside the church. You know, got, inside the church, people get dumb sometimes. But outside the church, you know, they're mostly intelligent people. But um, what, if, you, if you define better, uh, how, how would you define that? Well, I mean, it's, it's better. I mean, uh, uh, it just, it's improved, right? That's a good, a good way. It's improved, Amen. Well, if it's improved, then which one do you want? We would want the one that's not improved. What, 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 what's wrong with you? And so, and yet uh, a lot of people um, still think that way, even today, amen, uh, that they had it better under the old covenant and better when Jesus was in the, on the earth than what we'd hear. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, he was operating under the old covenant. He wasn't operating under the new covenant. The new covenant wasn't established until the end of the cross, and so all those healings that Jesus did was under the old covenant. And if they were under the old covenant and we have a better covenant, then, then, then one reason why it's better is, first of all, I don't have to go find Jesus. Amen? Do you go find Jesus somewhere? Where's Jesus on the earth today? He's not on the earth. He's, he's in heaven, sitting sit at the right hand of the Father. Amen? So, uh, or, or I could remember Jesus said, I, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So now I'd have to go to Jerusalem, or at least Israel, to, to get healed if I was under, uh, under the old covenant, amen? I couldn't just be anywhere. I had to go find Jesus somewhere in Israel, uh, maybe Jerusalem or wherever he was. And if I wanted healing, that's what I would have to do. But today, where can I obtain healing? Just anywhere, right? Where are you? Well, that's where you can obtain healing, amen? Are you sitting here in Dayton, Tennessee? Well, then that's where you can obtain healing. If you're on the backside of the, the earth, watching us on Facebook, then that's where you can obtain healing. You don't have to go uh, and find a person uh, who can grant you healing. Amen. You can obtain healing by faith alone. Uh, and so to me, that sounds kind of better, right? Isn't that better? The result is the same. You're still healed, but the effort in the old covenant was more than the effort in the new covenant. In the new covenant, only believe. Amen. The old covenant, you had to go find somebody that you could believe that, that would heal you. Uh, now we just have to believe the words that were spoken to obtain healing. And so here, uh, Dr. Yeoman had been talking about uh, how we should strive and desire to be close to Jesus, because remember that, uh, that we're supposed to reside in, in the shadow of his wings, from, remember in Psalm 91, and then uh, he mentioned here in Matthew 23, 37, you don't have to turn there, because you want to read here in Luke chapter 13, but when she talked about Matthew 23 and 37, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stone of them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. But he longed to gather them close to him. Amen. It's to our advantage to stay close to Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, just in general, that is a good, uh, a good uh, goal to have, is that wherever you are spiritually in your life, stay close to Jesus. Amen. If you sin, Run to Jesus. Don't run away from Jesus. If you fail, run to Jesus. Don't run away from Jesus. If you're not perfect, uh, stay close to Jesus, and he'll help you get better. Amen? Uh, how, how is it to your advantage if you're not being a perfect person to walk away from Jesus? How is that going to help you? Uh, I, you know, I don't understand that. There have been uh, lots of people over the years that, you know, in, in talking to people and trying to disciple people and help them, 
you know, everybody's not at the same place of faith, everybody's not at the same place of their dedication to the Lord, and so it takes uh, other people that have walked in that path to help those that have not walked in that path as much, amen, to help them along, to encourage them, to be good to them. And I've told lots of them, I said, why don't you just come and be my friend? Just, uh, if I'm at church, if you see my vehicle at the, at the parking lot, just come in, just, just spend time with me, just stop by and say hi and chit-chat for a while and, and just uh, be around people of good character. Uh, and and um, I've not had anybody take me up on that yet, you know, that I know of. And, and so, uh, you know, I remember when I was, uh, when, after we got married, uh, I was in, still in school. And so, you know, my schedule was fairly flexible. Uh, and if I didn't have class, I'd go hang out at the church. The pastor was there, I'd go hang out. What, what's the pastor doing? I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm going to say hi to him. Uh, and, uh, and I'd just go hang out. And if he said, hey, I've got to go down so-and-so, I'll go with you. Uh, and I would just hang, because... I knew that he had things in his life that I didn't have in my life, and I wanted that, and I wanted to find out how to obtain it. And, and you know, you can't just obtain everything by reading it in a book, amen? Some things have to be experienced, right? One of the, uh, the, one of the Greek words about, that talks about knowing Jesus means to know him from an experiential standpoint, not just a theoretical standpoint in a book, amen? Uh, and so we, we have the advantage as Christians to know Jesus from a, an experience, that we can know him, right, uh, uh, intensely, not just about him that we read in a book. Uh, and so we should stay close to Jesus. You should stay close to people that know more than you. That's one reason I like being around Brother Randy and, uh, and ministers like that is, you know, he, he's been in the ministry for, for more than 40 years. Well, I've not been in the ministry for more than 40 years. I've not been in the ministry for 40 years at all. So he knows more than I know. Uh, he's seen more than I've seen. Uh, and so it's to my advantage to be close to him. And he thinks it's because, you know, that, uh, um, you know, I can help him do things. Or it's, it's, I'm, I'm completely selfish. I just want to get stuff from him, you know. I don't want his stuff. I don't want his airplane or his cars or I don't want his stuff. I want his character. I want to know, you know, what's he know about the Lord that I, I don't know? What has helped him to be successful spiritually that I don't know? That's, that's what I want, amen? I want to find out what does he know that I don't know? And I'm going to add that to my life, Amen. And, you know, you do something, remember Paul told the Romans, he said, I long to see you, that I, that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift. Well, he was writing in my letter, why couldn't he just send it by mail, the gift? Why couldn't he just send the spiritual gift by mail? There's some things you cannot get unless you're in the presence of, of people, amen? Uh, and the Lord's designed us to be that way, to be among each other, amen? That's why we need each other, amen? Yeah, and, 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 you know, I know some ministers or even of the opinion that a pastor can learn nothing from his sheep. I think that's kind of odd because uh, all of you all have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Amen? All of you have prayed and, and gotten revelation from the Spirit of God. All of you know things that I just don't know. Uh, and why, why would I not want to add that to my life? Amen? I don't have to know more than everybody in my church to, to be a pastor. I don't have to be the most perfect person in the church. I know I am, but I don't have to be, you know? Uh, and so... Uh, it, it's to think that I can learn nothing from other Christians, even people in my church, to me it is, is folly, amen? It, it uh, diminishes the body of Christ, amen? Because I'm supposed to recognize the body of Christ uh, and how that each of us have talents and gifts and knowledge and abilities that, uh, that may be unique from everybody else. And I need to add those things. What do you know that I don't know? How, what have you experienced about Jesus that I've not experienced? Uh, and so it's, it's to our advantage to stay close to Jesus. But, you know, from a practical standpoint, 
oftentimes that means staying close to people that have Jesus. Amen. Uh, there, there is no such thing as, as an independent Christian. Uh, and, and those who believe that they can get everything by themselves, they don't need the church, they don't need pastors, they don't need ministers, uh, they will never amount to anything of, of any consequence. Someone like that has nothing that they can add to me as far as I'm concerned because they're, they're leading the church away. They're leading the sheep away. They're leading the sheep astray. And so I'm wary of those people. Paul said, mark those who do such things, right? He didn't say to... to uh, to shoot them and to bury them in the backyard, but keep an eye on them, right? Uh, mark that person. Okay, this person right here, until they change, uh, I, I need to uh, keep an eye on them so that they don't influence me in any negative way. Amen? Uh, and uh, now, that, now, the reason we do that is because their testimony it, uh, has revealed that they're someone that, that you need to be aware of and, and to be careful around. You're not judging them. They, they've declared by their own mouth or their own actions that there's somebody who can't do that. Amen? It's not that we're running around judging everybody, but if you come up and tell me, hey, I don't need a church. Um, uh, you know, uh, in fact, I had a, uh, uh, I was talking to a fella, he called himself a minister, and I said, where do you go to church? And, and uh, he said, well, I don't go to church anywhere in particular. I just go, you know, I just, the Lord told me don't go to church anywhere. Uh, the head of the church told him not to go to church anywhere, which seems really odd that the head of the church would tell him not to go to church anywhere. Uh, and he said, I'll, I'll tell you on Sunday uh, where I want you to go to church. And if I don't tell you, I just want you to stay home and read your Bible. And I'm thinking, well, if, w- what would I do if this fellow calls me up and says, hey, can I preach at your church? There's no way, because you're going to get up and say, you know, all you people here, you don't have to come to church here. Just lay out. There's no problem. Uh, how's that going to help the people coming to the church? Amen. How's it going to help the church to grow in any way? Uh, it's not going to help them at all. It's going to harm them all. Amen. Because if you separate yourself from each other, then, you, then there'll be things that you'll never obtain in your life. Amen? And so, so Jesus desired you know, the, 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 the city of Jerusalem to be close to him, how he longed, how often would I have gathered uh, thy children together. Uh, that's what he longed for. Uh, and, and yet they, they, uh, they rejected him. You know, when, when Jesus uh, appears to the people and he's still not good enough, you know, you, you must be super spiritual. When Jesus shows up and, you, and he's still not spiritual enough for you, you must be a super spiritual person. Amen? Now, of course, that's not true. Uh, but, uh, uh, and it was only the leadership that despised Jesus. You know, the rank and file of the nation of Israel loved Jesus. But the leadership despised him. And, and they told off on themselves. And the book of John says, if we're not careful, he, uh, the Romans are going to take away our position. They weren't concerned about uh, uh, about uh, even doctrine. They were concerned about their social position in relation to the, the Roman Empire. And that was more important than, than, the, than the correct and perfect doctrine that Jesus brought into the earth. Um, and and uh, men do that all the time. People do that all the time. Their natural circumstances are more important to them than their, than their spiritual walk. Uh, and, and they lose out on the earth. But, you know, and, and, you know, I really don't care. You do whatever you want to. What I care is when those people then go and cause other people difficulty. Yeah. Amen? Um, and we had, you know, we had a young couple come to the church many years ago. And they had been coming for a couple of months at church. And they, they didn't go up in church. They didn't know anything about church. You know, and, but they were really loving church, really enjoying church, because they'd never heard anything taught about the Word. And we, you know, we, we emphasized teaching of the Word here. Uh, and, and they were just doing really well. But, you know, they didn't know. They, they, I mean, because they only had one data point, me. So is, this, is, is what he's saying so? 
it seemed, I mean, could it be that, could it be that good? Could it really be that right? Uh, with the, uh, and, you know, of course, you know, around here, all we do is pretty much read the word. Amen. Uh, it's not like we just read a, a fraction of a, of, of a verse and then preach for hours and hours on that. Uh, well, of course, sometimes we do that, but it's still talking about that same part of the verse, though. Amen. Uh, but uh, we don't talk about Andy Griffith and, you know, what we learned from Andy Griffith and you know, all those things and, and Barney and, and Opie and, you know, we learn, what, the, what does the word say? Amen. And so uh, instead, of, instead of talking to me and saying, hey, you know, give me some more insight and, you know, show me what you're talking about that a little bit more. Uh, they brought in a guru, some guy, you know, that, and I had met this person uh, years before, but he lived out of state, uh, but said, hey, we need you to come and see if this guy is for real. Uh, and, and so, so he sat back, you know, in, uh, towards the back of the church and just kind of, you know, uh, didn't participate, but just, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I have no idea what a Pharisee looked like, but that's what a Pharisee looks like. Amen. Uh, and so we happened to have been teaching on John 15, 7 there about if you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask what you will and shall be done unto you. And I was basically saying, well, if that's what it says, then that's what it says. I mean, if that's what it says, is, is there any reason to not, to, to not believe that? If Jesus said, you know, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and shall be done unto you, is that what it means? That if you, do the, if you do your steps, can you really ask for whatever you want to and expect it to be done unto you? Well, yeah, because that's what it says. I mean, and it doesn't take a PhD to read that because that's what it says. Amen. It's not like, well, let's parse out Greek or Hebrew words. It, it's pretty straightforward verse there. And he came up to the, after the church and said, um, you're preaching false hope. You know, and I'm thinking, well, you say that, but what do you mean by that? False hope in the sense that here I'm going to give you hope that God will answer your prayers, but you got no hope that he actually will. Is that, that's what he meant. Is, 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 that, is that valid? Is that a valid statement that you can read the word of God and you look at it and go, well, yeah, God's not going to actually do that. See, that, that's real hope. In his mind, that, that's being realistic. Uh, and, and it's false hope to say God said this and that's exactly what he'll do. He said that's false hope. Well, how could they have false hope? If that's what he says, how is that false hope? But it's only false if you don't actually believe that. So if you don't believe that you can ask what you will and he'll do it, he'll do it unto you, then yeah, then you're not going to get that, that prayer answered. Amen. But that's not got anything to do with God or what he said. That's got to do with my lack of faith and belief in the, what the word says. But from his standpoint, you know, it, it, he doesn't take any responsibility on his part for not getting his prayers answered because, you know, here's the thing. If, if you don't get your prayers answered, and, and, and even if it's a reasonable prayer, like, Lord, I, I, need a, I need a better job, or Lord, I need a better car, or whatever it is, that's pretty reasonable, right? There's nothing unusual about that. Uh, uh, and you don't get it. Well, then, is that God's fault? See, then, see if it's God's fault, see, then, then I can't honestly say, well, ask what you will and it be done unto you because, you know, you just don't know. I mean, sometimes he'll do it, but, you know, he, he, you just don't know. He, he's, not, he's not that particular to do his word. Sometimes he'll do it, but, you know, a lot of times he just won't do what he says. See, that, that, uh, if, if I was going to blame God, then that's, what, then that's the way I'd have to preach. But, see, that's not what the word says. If you don't get your prayers answered, who's the only one to look to? It's you, right? It's not God. If, if there's something you're believing God for and you haven't achieved it yet, you got to go home and get a mirror. And some people need a bigger mirror. Right? They need like wall-to-wall, ceiling-to-floor mirrors, amen? Uh, because uh, they think it's only, it's only God. It's never God. In fact, it's not even God at all. It's only us. 
that if there's a prayer ever not answered, it's only ever on us. Amen? It's never on God. Because he, didn't he say that it shall be done unto you? He didn't say it might be sometimes, you know, I just don't feel like it maybe. He said it shall be done unto you. So that fellow told, told that, that couple there, uh, you know, he's teaching Paul's hope. You know, you've you got you to be careful. You've got to be, be careful about people like that. Now, you don't, you, you know, he probably didn't come out and say, well, he's, you know, a false prophet. He probably didn't come out really harsh like that because, you know, people are smarter than that. Uh, so so the, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So he probably just put a seed of doubt. Well, you know, I mean, he's pretty good, but, you know, he's got a nice tie on. But, you know, other than that, you know, you, it's a little questionable what he's teaching. You know, you've got to be careful. He's okay, he's a nice fellow, but you just got to be careful. They never came back to church. As far as I know, they still never went back to church after that. I mean, they may have, I don't know about then. But, uh, but that fellow, you know, he sat right back over there, right? Uh, not in this church, another church building, but, uh, but I can know exactly where he sat in that church building. Uh, and he'll have to answer for, for whatever spiritual limitations that come. Now, they have some ownership, too, because they shouldn't have asked for a guru, right? They should have just come up and asked him more questions if they really had questions about it. So, you know, we all have our own personal responsibility. So, uh, so we should stay close to God. Amen. And if anybody is around you and then, and being around them makes you not closer to God, you might want to question why am I around this person? Amen. You know, when I used to do um, jail ministry, I'd tell the people, I said, when you get out of jail, first thing is burn all your contacts out of your phone. Delete every friend, every, con- every contact you've ever made because they're not your friend. Anybody who were with you when you were doing this thing, they're not your friend. You leave them. You get better friends, amen? You get good friends. You go to church, you find people that are honest, amen? I don't know, everybody at church isn't perfect, but, you know, you got a, at least a fighting chance, uh, amen? Uh, if you get, and again, you know, so many of them didn't do that. They went right back to their old friends, old lifestyle, just lived a life of jail, not jail, jail, not jail, jail, not jail. Uh, and, and that's their life, you know, and, and well, if that's the life you want, fine, but I want better than that, amen? So Jesus wants us to be close to him. So here in Luke chapter 13, uh, in fact, uh, I told you all to turn there. I never did turn there. So in Luke chapter 13, we got a story here. And I really, I really like this story. Let's start in verse 10. It says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. You know, there's, there was a lot of teaching uh, by Jesus, amen? Now, in the synagogue, the synagogue is, is similar to our local churches, amen? So you had the temple in Jerusalem, but, you know, you couldn't go to the temple every Sunday if you lived way down south uh, of Israel. You didn't want to drive, you know, of course you couldn't drive, but you didn't want to, to, to spend uh, a week's journey getting to Jerusalem just to go to church every week, and then a week back, you know, because all you do be, all you do is end up being on the road all the time. Uh, and so they set up uh, synagogues, a local area where they'd have a, a, have a ruler of the synagogue. We see that phrase used a lot, the ruler, ruler of synagogue. Jairus was a ruler of one of the synagogues. Uh, and, and they were sort of like pastors, but they, they, they were kind of wishy-washy, right? They wouldn't really tell you what the word says. They would say, well, here's, here's, here's what it says, but, you know, we don't really know what any of this stuff means, right? And so, uh, remember, they, they said, Jesus, he's a man who teaches with authority. Who is this guy that teaches like this? Uh, he, was, he was really uh, uh, an eye-opening experience for these people. And so he was at one of these local synagogues here, and he was teaching the people. Now, see, these are Jews, right? The, the, uh, only the Jews were in the synagogues. There were no Gentiles in the synagogues. 
So only the Jewish people were in the synagogues. So they were raised Jewish. They were raised in the covenant. They were raised in the word of God. So it wasn't necessary to preach to them to become proselytes of the Jewish nation. They were already members of the Jewish nation. So instead of preaching to them, he would teach them. Here's what the word says. And so here he is, it says in verse 11, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed, over, bowed together and could in no wise lift, her, lift up herself. And so she had a spirit of infirmity. So that's interesting that, that the, this sickness, uh, the, the physical manifestation of the sickness was she was bowed over. So she couldn't stand up straight, right? So, so whatever it was, it was maybe some type of arthritis is, what, is how it manifested. But the root cause of this sickness was a demonic spirit, amen? There was a spirit that caused this sickness. <clears throat> and so we know from being in healing school all of these years that every sickness and disease is not caused by a spirit. In fact, uh, there, there could be the same sickness in one person caused by a, a demonic presence, and the very next person could be the exact same sickness not caused by that. But you tend to find certain sicknesses, a lot of mental illnesses oftentimes are, are due to uh, demonic spirits, uh, a lot of uh, 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 brain disorders like epilepsy oftentimes will be caused by uh, demonic spirits. There's no law in there. Uh, you only, you'd only can tell uh, typically by the word of knowledge will tell you, the Spirit of God will show you, hey, this person, there's, there's a cause here that's due to a demonic spirit. Uh, and, but see, in this case, um, we look at in verse 12, it says, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmities. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here we have a specific uh, sickness caused by a demonic presence, and yet Jesus never cast the devil out here. Amen? So again, we don't make rules. We don't make laws that says, even if I know there's a demonic spirit, I may just have to take authority over the sickness and it's got to go and the spirit will go with it. And that's what Jesus did here, right? He, he just declared uh, by his authority that you're loosed from your infirmity, right? Not loosed from your demonic spirit, but loosed from your infirmity. So she had a spirit of infirmity. And in, in this case, uh, in fact, the Lord showed me one person in particular uh, that had a spirit of infirmity. And oftentimes... Uh, a spirit of infirmity will be on somebody who, you ever know people that are just sick all the time? Just, all, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's the McGillicuddy switch, sometimes it's canooter valve, sometimes it's all kinds of things. It's just never the same thing, right? You know, it's not like they have a chronic uh, single sickness. It's like, it's always something, right? It's always something. I mean, if it's Tuesday, it's this. If it's Wednesday, it's that. If it's Thursday, it's something different. Uh, if it's uh, in the fall, it's this. and spring, is something different. It's always sick, always going to the doctor, always needing medication for something. Well, it's, again, there's no law, but oftentimes it's a spirit of infirmity. Uh, but sometimes I have observed also, just naturally observing it, that people uh, will almost gravitate in that direction because they get a lot of attention from their sickness and disease. Amen? Uh, and so, but Jesus uh, said here, a woman thou art loosed from thine infirmities. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Notice, when did she glorify God? Before she was healed or after she was healed? Nobody glorified God when they were sick. The only, only, only uh, stories we have of people glorifying God in relation to sickness was after their recovery. Nobody's ever glorifying God. Thank you, Lord, for this sickness. And there's not a single story in all the stories of healing where anybody was glorifying God 
uh, for their sickness or, or even in the midst of their sickness. They were glorifying God, uh, praising God uh, when they received the, the recovery of their sickness. And did Jesus rebuke them for doing that? You know, you should have glorified me before. Well, you know, you can, in faith, you can glorify God because we, know, we now know that by his stripes we're healed. And so we can actually operate a little differently now. Uh, but he didn't rebuke her for that. And of course, uh, what does it say about the ruler of the synagogue? The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the, unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Because from the Jewish law, they had determined that being healed was a work, something that you had to work. So uh, that the implication was you had to typically put some kind of a medication on the person, and doing that was an act of work. And of course, uh, the Sabbath day uh, was a time to not work. Uh, and, and so because the Lord said, don't work on the Sabbath, keep it holy, they didn't really know what that meant. So they had to, well, Lord, let, let us tell you what it meant. And so the, in, the Jewish, in the Jewish world, they have uh, the Talmud, which is uh, a document that lists all the, all the definitions of what these things mean. What does it really mean to work? And if you looked it up in there, and you know, I've not looked it up, but if you looked it up, it, it would say something uh, along the way that uh, healing in this type of healing would be considered work. So therefore, you can't do that on the Sabbath. So they were thinking that Jesus was violating the law in healing somebody on the Sabbath. You reckon Jesus knew what the law said? You think, I mean, it was the finger of Jesus in the old, when, you know, it says that God wrote the, wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets with his finger, or just wrote them on the tablets. I think it was another time when he was, the hand of God was writing, I think it's in Daniel on the, on the wall there. But it was, it was Jesus himself that was doing that. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I said that, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that it was, right? If you have a different opinion, that's fine. But typically, we see Jesus as being the one who's doing the acting on behalf of, of uh, the Trinity. Uh, and so, uh, he was there. Amen? In fact, it doesn't the Bible say that he is the Word? If he is the Word, then he was the Old Covenant. So, he didn't just give him the Old Covenant. He was the Old Covenant. Because uh, the Word includes the Old Covenant. Amen? Uh, and so, you think Jesus knew the law, what, what he could and couldn't do on the Sabbath? Well, sure he did. So was he, was he in violation of law, which would be a sin? Well, no, he wasn't in violation of law. Amen. And yet, uh, this, this little ruler of the synagogue, not, not the high priest of Israel, a ruler of a synagogue, a very uh, low-level uh, uh, leader in the nation of Israel, is, uh, now he didn't, uh, he didn't rebuke Jesus, notice, right? He says, uh, he answered and said, uh, unto the people. He wasn't man enough to, to say something to Jesus, right? He's going to uh, demean the people. Uh, and, so, uh, and so the Lord, of course, the Lord, the Lord tried to help him uh, by uh, being nice and calling him a hypocrite. Uh, thou hypocrite, uh, dost not each of you, each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? You know, they still watered the animals every day, even if it, on the Sabbath, Right. Now, they didn't use that animal for work, but they did, they did at least treat the animal correctly, right? They did at least lead him off to water. Uh, and so um, he, said, he, he asked him, uh, is, that, is, is that something that you do? And of course, it is something you do. He said, if that's true, and you did that, and it is true that they did that, he said, ought not this woman, 
being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And notice he said Satan was the one who was binding her because she had the spirit of infirmity, uh, and yet he, he did not cast that devil out, that devil of infirmity, that spirit of infirmity out, like he did other devils, right? In other words, he told them to, to be quiet and come out of the people. Uh, and so again, no law, right? You don't make a law about how you deal with demonic presence or spirits. Uh, if you do, then, then you're going to get yourself in trouble, amen? It's like some people say that, well, you know, because Jesus asked the name of the, the, the devil there in the, with the Gadarene demoniac in Mark chapter 5, you should always ask the name of the devil. And yet that's the only, only situation, only case like that, that Jesus had to ask the name of the devil. Uh, every other case, that he, uh, he told them to be quiet, in fact, uh, and come out of them. Uh, and so, well, when should, you, when should you ask the name of the devil? When the Spirit of God prompts you to ask the name of the devil. And if the Spirit of God doesn't ask you to, 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 to prompt you to ask for the name of the devil, then you just stand in your authority and you command the, the devil to leave. Uh, and so, so, but in some cases, even like this, you know, uh, there was not even a need to, to speak directly to the devil. You know, Jesus didn't speak to the devil. He just, he spoke to the woman. Amen. Sometimes he would speak to the devil. Sometimes, uh, and we may even cover it today. I don't know. We'll see if we get there. Sometimes he spoke to the sickness directly. So you got three different parties you could speak to. You could speak to the person. You could speak to the sickness. Or you could speak to the devil that's causing a sickness. Yeah. And uh, there's no law. So which one should you do? You should do whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do. Amen? Uh, and so don't be going looking for devils. Amen? Uh, a lot of people are looking for devils everywhere. Uh, and so and in some cases, a sickness may not even be due to a devil, and you're trying to cast the devil out. And the devil may be over in the corner laughing at you because you know, there ain't no devil there, but keep on doing, keep on going, keep on doing that. Um, and so uh, verse 17, when he, had said, when he said these things, all his adversaries... So it wasn't just one, right? It wasn't just the rule of the synagogue. All of his adversaries. So there were uh, multiple uh, losers in the synagogue, right? The ruler of the synagogue was a loser, right? And, and whoever else was in there that was against Jesus healing on the Sabbath. All of his, all of his adversaries were ashamed. What's one, of the, what's one of the names for the devil? He is our what? Our adversary, right? So... Uh, they were against Jesus just like the devil is against Jesus. And, you know, someday they'll stand before the Lord God and, and it'd be, how come you were acting like the devil? There, you were just, just, he's my adversary. He's always been my adversary since he's been a devil. And you were just like him. You were on, on the wrong side of history there. And yet, you know, that's just, that's just the way it was in that situation. And, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So it's, uh, we don't know what all these other glorious things were, amen? It could have been a lot of things. He could have healed a bunch of other people. He could have just been speaking to them, but it, it, it implies that there are a lot of other wonderful things done in that situation, probably, and, and, and it's not even unreasonable to, to assume that a lot of other healings were being done in this, uh, in this uh, situation here because there were glorious things that were being done by him, not being said by him, but being done by him. Uh, and so, uh, but back up at the beginning of that, uh, it says in verse, in verse 12, uh, and when Jesus saw her, he, he called her to him. So 
one of the things that's, that's to our advantage is, again, to stay close to Jesus, right? He wanted her close to him. And, and, of course, she wanted to be close to him. If he's got the answer, who do you want to be close to? The guy with the answer, right? You don't want to be the guy with the wrong answer. You want to be by the guy with the right answer. Amen? And so as a result of her being close to Jesus, what did she receive? The answer to her problems, right? Uh, and so, so he wanted her to get close to him. And, and, you know, the Lord always longs for us to be close to him. He always, he, he desires us to be close to him. Uh, uh, in, in fact, he wants to be so close to us, he desired to put himself in us. Amen? Uh, and, and that was always the, the design of the Lord for, for all of creation. He wanted to be inside uh, the heart of man, and he had to wait until the Lord Jesus came in order to, to fully accomplish that. Uh, but that's always, so that, that's how close he wants to be to us is not just be next to us, not to be in the, the vicinity of us, but actually to be in us. Uh, and so uh, that, uh, and, and so she did that, right? The, the woman responded correctly uh, to the Lord Jesus. She came up to Jesus, uh, and then, he, then she got the freedom that she needed from this thing. And notice in this case, uh, there's no mention or discussion about her faith in this case. Amen? Uh, but we see her, the action of her faith that when Jesus called her, she responded. Amen. So there is faith here because sometimes, uh, you know, uh, and, and we've done it here, right? The Lord will tell us, hey, you know, uh, the, the Lord wants us to pray for people that are here. Uh, and he said, well, uh, you know, he may say uh, he wants to pray for everybody in here with a head and you only get one person come up. <laughs> no, well, I know everybody in here has got a head, right? But, you know, how, why, why did only one person come up, right? Well, it's the only one who wanted something, right? There is, you know. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, if you said, okay, uh, everybody who's here raised their hand, and you only get three people raised their hand, it's like, well, aren't you here? Uh, well, you know, I mean, not really. I mean, I'm here, you know. Uh, and so, but that's just the way it is, right? Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, I thought that was pretty funny, but, um, uh, and so um, <laughs> uh, we're going to pray for people. Uh, but she could have she not come when Jesus said, Amen. She could, have, she could have just stayed in her seat. You can't be talking about me, amen? Of course, he, did, he, he called her specifically. Hey, come up here. No, I don't want to come up there. <clears throat> and, and, um, and of course, uh, I don't guess we've ever had anybody when the Lord specifically called somebody out and said, hey, the Lord wants to pray for you, and, and uh, I don't think we've ever had anybody uh, turn that down that I, that I know of anyway. Um, but uh, no doubt it's happened in, in all of history. Uh, and so... But, uh, but she responded, amen? Uh, and so uh, Dr. Yeomans in, in her book tells a, a woman that was, uh, uh, got saved, baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, but was, uh, was uh, under a lot of sickness and disease. Uh, and uh, in fact, she said she was in great pain and, and weary of suffering. Uh, and, and Dr. Yeoman um, gave her this scripture right here, that ought not this woman be healed, amen? See, uh, I, like, I like that phrase, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loose from this bond uh, on the Sabbath day? See, Jesus said that the reason why she was qualified to be healed was because of her covenant relationship with God. He didn't say, ought not this woman who has made the most potato salad and anybody in the church, who has visited more sick people, who has read more scripture, 
who has done more things for me than anybody else in this synagogue, doesn't that qualify her to be healed? He never, he never mentioned her qualifications or what she had done to earn healing. She just said, uh, he said that her relationship is what qualifies her to be healed. Uh, well, if Jesus said that, that because she's a daughter of Abraham, she should be healed. Well, you know, being a daughter of Abraham is pretty good, but who are we? We're children of God, right? right? Don't we have an upgrade? I mean, you know, in one sense, we are children of Abraham because uh, Galatians 3.29 tells us that we're children of Abraham. But we have an upgrade. Uh, we're not just children of Abraham. We are children of the Most High God. And if Jesus said that what qualifies her to be healed, as far as I'm concerned, is her relationship with me, that she has a covenant relationship with me, and that's what qualifies her, then she ought to be healed. Is she a daughter of Abraham? Yes. Then she ought to be healed. That's what Jesus was saying. Well, well, wouldn't he say the same thing? Is this a child of mine? Is this a child of God? Yes. Well, then she ought to be healed. Would Jesus say, well, you know, it's a child of God, but, you know, a child of Abraham has it better than a child of God would have. Does that even make sense, right? That goes back to the same kind of foolishness we said at the beginning of the service, that people say better is not better. But if being a daughter of Abraham qualified to be healed, how much more would a child of God qualify us to be healed? There's no discussion of her uh, imperfections or her, you know, maybe she wasn't, uh, maybe she was, maybe she wasn't. He didn't say anything about her, uh, about how often she made it to the synagogue. Well, do you have your 28-year synagogue pin? Yeah, well, then you can be healed. Did he, did he talk about her, her faithfulness to go to the synagogue? No, did he talk about her faithfulness to, to care for her husband or her family? No, there's, there's no discussion of her, her, her natural qualifications to earn uh, her right to be healed except for her covenant relationship with God. Uh, and so, uh, that, and, and that's really what helps us because, see, the world out there, they're not Christians, they're not children of Abraham, uh, they have no right to healing. Amen. Jesus said, you, you are a covenant member of the household of, of Israel. You have a right to be healed. And we as children, we as Christians, because we're covenant members of the household of God, we have a right to be healed. Well, they don't have that right. They can't go out there and say, ought not this person out here be healed? Because there's, they're, they're, they're heathens, right? They're enemies of God. But he will have mercy on them and heal them. But, but that's mercy, right? That's an act of sovereign act of God that he'll do on their behalf because he loves them and he desires for them to become children of God. But when we get in the church, we've got an upgrade. We don't get healed by mercy because he just looks down and pities us. He looks down and says, do they have a card? Are they a member of the household of God? Let me, let me see their membership card. Oh, right there it is, yeah. Okay, well, if you've got a card, then, then you, you get in. Uh, you know, you don't have a card. You know, we may, we may, you know, we'll put you over in a line. Maybe we'll take care of you over here. But if you got a card, you're in. You, you ought to be healed. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Amen. And, and so that woman there, that uh, the story with Dr. Yeomans, uh, was telling her this same exact story. And, you know, that, that's the, when I think about healing, see, that's what I think. When I think of, if I need any healing in my body, I think I ought to be healed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... I deserve to be healed because of what God has done. Amen. I don't deserve to be healed because I've been such a good, wonderful person. I deserve to be healed because he qualified me to be healed. Amen. 
Uh, and so uh, she told this woman, uh, and she said that the, the woman responded by saying, she owed it to her Lord to be well. If he did this for me, then I owe it to him to, to receive that. And, you know, that, that's really an interesting take on, on that mentality of getting your mind renewed that, you know, if the Lord did this for me, I owe it to him to receive that. Did, if, did he say that by his stripes you were healed? Then you owe it to him to receive that. To reject that and say, I'm not to be healed, that's disrespectful to him. Amen. You know, uh, we have traveled overseas many times and you go to different cultures and we don't see this culture in America very much, uh, but overseas, you know, they'll come and give a gift to you and, and they'll even bow down and give you a gift. You know, if you go to like uh, to, to the Far East uh, in, in some of the Asian countries like Japan, especially uh, when, when they give you a business card, they'll come and bow down and, and hand it to you with two hands because it's a, it, to them it's a great honor to receive a, a two-by-three-inch piece of paper. To them, it's a great honor. It's just a piece of paper. But to them, it's a great honor for you to receive uh, that piece of paper. And you'd be foolish to go, no, nah, it's okay. No, I, yeah, I, I don't need a card. I've got, my, I've got my phone right here. You know, I've got everything on my phone. You, you'd be foolish to not, you know, you would not get that business from that company that's giving you their card, amen? Uh, if they want to hand you a card with great honor, then you receive it. I, you know, uh, uh, shouldn't I receive this card? That should be your mentality. I ought to receive this card because uh, he's, he's given me this card. He wants me to receive this card. Uh, and, and how much honor, how much more honor should we give to the word of God when the Lord says, I, I've paid for your healing by stripes, <clears throat> a great price, great agony, great difficulty uh, in uh, receiving these stripes. When I was on, when I was on the earth, for us to say, you know, uh, God, you don't want to be healed. It's just it's incredibly disrespectful to the Lord. I mean, it, it's just, it's nearly heresy. And it really is at least a mild form of heresy. It's saying God is not a, a man of his word. Uh, and yet if he said that, ought not, you, uh, ought not you receive what he's done for you? See, that should be your mentality. Uh, you know, I never think, well, I earned it. I'm such a wonderful person. I think God paid a great price for me. I ought to receive that. If he did this for me, he wanted me to have this, it would be disrespectful for me to say, no, Lord, I'm just going to suffer silently here uh, because I think that's, that's better for me to suffer in silence than for me to declare in by faith that I'm healed. See, that's, that's, that's incredibly disrespectful to the Lord. I mean, it, it's so dishonorable to him and what he's done as a king. A king bowed down to the earth for your benefit, came to the earth and, and made himself of no reputation for you and paid a great price for everything he desires for you to have, and for you to say, Lord, I'm just going to suffer here, that just says, well, everything you did, I'm just going to throw it out. You know, and what you did, it's not really that important, Lord, you know. Well, if it's not that important, why would he have done it? I mean, I think everything he did was of great importance. Amen? Uh, for us to just to, to kind of ignore that and say that it's not, it's not really that big of a deal, uh, <clears throat> to me... It, it's so, in my heart, it would be so disrespectful to say, well, Lord, I, I guess, you know, I, I, don't, I shouldn't even be healed, Lord. And the Lord's looking at you, looking at what Jesus did, and looking back at you and, and, and thinking, well, what, what he did, what Jesus did is much better, much greater than what you did. You ought to receive that. Lord, I, I don't receive it, but I want to give it to you. No, 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 no. 
Uh, and, you know, I remember one time we, we were in Africa, and um, we were, uh, the, the missionary group was out eating, and, and I, I got the waiter's attention and um, asked them to give me the check, right? So I was going to buy the, the meal for everybody at that particular meal. Uh, and so, sure enough, you know, he came over with a check. I paid for the whole meal. And there's one other fellow. Were you at that particular? I don't think you were at that particular uh, trip there. And so one of the other fellows uh, <clears throat> said, hey, where's the check? And the waiter said, well, you know, he, he, uh, uh, he took care of the check. He got so mad that I did that. He said, you can't pay for the whole thing. You can't pay for the whole thing. I said, I've already paid for it. I said, you're too slow. Next time, be, you know, be better at your game. I mean, if you're going to try to pay for it, you're going to have to be better than me, right? I mean, you know, because uh, I'm going to try to be a blessing as much as I can, anywhere I can be. Uh, and and uh, he said, oh, well, well, I'm going to pay for part of it. I said, it's already paid for. Well, I'm going to pay for part of it anyway. You know, you, you take some money. I said, no, I don't, you know, it's already paid for. Just receive, you know, receive it. No, no, you take this money. And he jammed the money in my, in my hand. I mean, physically jammed the money in my hand. And just to keep from being just... Uh, you know, a brawl in this, uh, in this restaurant, I, I took that money. Just to keep from, from being more foolish than he already was, I think it just learn to receive. You know, if you don't know how to receive, you're a person of low faith. Amen? Low faith. Uh, because everything we have, we receive. Amen? In fact, there's nothing we have that we haven't received. You know, we read that about in 1 Corinthians 4, 7 time. Uh, and so, you, uh, you, you ought to, you, your thinking ought to be, if God has done this for me, I ought to receive it. Mm-hmm. Amen? If he, if he paid stripes for you, you ought to be healed. And the same attitude this woman had, I owe it to the Lord to be well. Mm-hmm. Amen? If you ever say something dumb like, well, you know, I've made, I, I made a mistake, I'm just going to have to be sick. Mm-hmm. That is low faith. You owe it to the Lord to be well. Yeah. You owe it to the Lord to receive healing. Amen? And, you know, we were... Uh, in, in Gatlinburg this week, and, and uh, we went to the restaurant with other ministers, and, and, and was it the, uh, well, it was Wednesday and Thursday, right? We went to lunch, uh, and somebody else was quicker on the draw than I was. They got the check. Uh, and I try to be crafty, but, you know, sometimes people just, you know, they're, they're, they're more cunning than you are. Amen? Wow, i got to pick up my game. Uh, and so, uh, so somebody else picked up a check. Well, you know, I appreciate that. Thank you for buying lunch. That's all you got to say, right? You don't have to go, hey, let me pay for part of that, you know. And I don't even say, are you sure? Well, they did it. They, they were sure, you know. Some people, and I don't have a problem. People say, are you sure, you know. Sometimes I will ask that. But, um, you know, if they want, I didn't make them do it. And, you know, I, I don't have to, you know, it's not like I come in late and forget my billfold. Well, I forgot my billfold. Anybody, can anybody bought lunch? You know, I, I would never play a game like that, right? That's, that's, that's foolishness and, and unkind. Uh, but, you know, if somebody else happens to get ahead of me and, and pay, you know, I appreciate that. Amen. Uh, now, I don't deserve it because uh, of any uh, inherent value on my part, but somebody wants to be a blessing to me, I can receive it. Amen. And, you know, if you want to be a person of great faith, you're going to have to learn how to receive. Amen. Giving sometimes is pretty easy for a lot of people, but receiving is very difficult. But if you don't know how to receive, you're not really a person of great faith. Amen. Uh, and so we owe it to the Lord to be well. That's what that woman said to, to Dr. Yeomans. I owe it to, to the Lord to be well. Uh, and so uh, you owe it to the Lord to be well. Amen. The Lord has paid a great price for your healing. Uh, and uh, it's to your advantage uh, to be well uh, and, and respond like this woman responded. Jesus uh, called her to him. Well, as he called us to him, he's called all of us to him. Amen. 
So we should stay close to Jesus and, and, it, and we should search the scriptures and find out, Lord, have you done anything for me? And if you've done something for me, then Lord, I, I ought to receive that. Amen. And of course, in this class, the great thing that he's done for us is to, to provide healing for us. Then, then the correct, humble uh, response as a servant of the Most High God should be, then Lord, I ought to be healed. If you paid for my healing, then, then, then the greatest respect that I can give to your word and to your spirit is to actually receive healing. Amen. Anything else is disrespectful or, or of no faith. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we ought to be healed. You paid a great price, Father. And you said this woman w- was deserving of being healed because she was a daughter of, of Abraham. How much more, Father, are we worthy to be healed and ought we not be healed because we are now children of the Most High God? Uh, we have a greater and a closer relationship with you than this woman had. And yet you said that her covenant relationship with you uh, qualified her to be healed. And Father, we have a better covenant, Father, based upon better promises. And that better covenant uh, also tells us and informs us that we ought to be healed today. So Father, we choose to believe that we are the healed of God, that we have a right and a privilege by, by what you paid for on the cross for us, that we have a right to be healed. And so we receive that, Father. We choose to believe that. And Father, we will receive healing just as she did, Father, by her act of faith in coming closer to Jesus. We will stay close to you and receive healing in our bodies each and every day. We thank you for that, Father. We give you praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. uh, Should we be healed? We ought to be healed. Amen. Uh, And so that's one of my favorite stories because it it just, uh, it clearly defines what qualified her to be healed? Wasn't her faith in that case, right? You know, other times it said, uh, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. You know, of course, faith is, is a great benefit there. Uh, and faith is really what will cause you to obtain the healing, amen? Uh, but, the, but before that faith even needs to be expressed, all you have to do is understand, well, you know, I'm a, cov- I'm a member of the covenant house of, of, of God. I ought to be healed. You know, you get your mind thinking correctly, Faith is a lot easier, amen? If you're struggling with, maybe I deserve to be sick, you know, but I want to be healed, but I deserve to be sick because of my sin, well, then you're going to really struggle obtaining healing, amen? Uh, but to get, get that struggle out of, your, out, of your, out of your heart, well, I'm a child of the Most High God. I ought to be healed, amen? And it would be disrespectful for me to say anything otherwise, amen? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering, just like that show. Well, you know, sometimes it's just... You, it's better for you to be sick because then other people can see your, your, your piety and how, you know, uh, how patient you are in your sickness and blah, 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 right? It's just, it's just embarrassing that somebody who could write such a great rest of the story could do so bad in that, amen? Uh, of course, they didn't ask my opinion, but uh, since it's on YouTube now or in, uh, on the Internet, they can watch it now, so uh, I'll send them a link. Here's my opinion, right? <laughs> It's too late. The ink's already dry. You know, they'd have to go back and fix that somehow. But um, anyway, it's a different discussion. So we'll be blessed. Don't forget, um, uh, I guess the next uh, service we'll have will be here Wednesday. So, and then next Sunday, two weeks from today, it'll be Easter. Amen. And we won't have healing school on Easter day. So uh, be blessed, and uh, we'll see you all Wednesday.